Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Revenant Podcast. In today's episode, I will be reviewing Spider-Man No Way Home and giving my thoughts and opinions about the third installment of the MCU Spider-Man movies. Enjoy. Well, it's been a while. I apologize. Um, took a bit, a bit of a, a bit of a break there, uh, for you know, for the holidays and I don't know, just, uh, just to rest. I guess I've been busy with some things and I've been meeting to do this review and just talk about other things going on. Uh, but I just haven't gotten around to it. But um, I made sure I, I you know. Did made made an episode today? I apologize for it taking so long, but I am I'm here I'm here now, and uh, this is the uh, review for Spider-Man No Way Home, which released in December. Uh, which was like two months ago at this point, which um, which doesn't even seem real. It just just seems like yesterday we were waiting for the first trailer. It's crazy. Well, let's just get on to the review. Um, yeah, so Spider-Man No Way Home was everything I wanted it to be and everything I expected it to be. And just right off the bat, overall, I am very happy with the movie. It is I don't I don't know where to put it exactly in my my list of Spider-Man movies but it's it's one of yeah I really like it it's it, it did it did a lot it it did it did a lot of things that I didn't think it would do but it did and I was very happy by it but let's just let's just get into the details so um Obviously, spoiler warning, if you haven't seen the movie somehow, I don't know why you're listening to this, but, you know, I guess spoiler warning <laughs> for anyone who needs it. Um, so, let me, let's just, um, let, first, let's talk about the, the villains, the, 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 the villains from the multiverse. So... I did not expect this movie to be so faithful to the characterizations and the, the just the, the 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 history of these characters and I also I mean as you know you've if you've been listening to any of my episodes with you know where I talked about No Way Home I was under the, most people were under the assumption including me that some of you know some of these villains weren't going to be the same versions that we've that we've seen you know that came from before they'd be played by the same actors but they weren't they weren't the same versions like electro we didn't think would be the same as amazing spider-man 2 it still looks you know is played by jamie fox still looks like you know the same person well mostly but it's not the same version of the character that's what most people had assumed we'd all, I had also, I personally had assumed that would be the case for green goblin. Like, like maybe it came from a parallel universe where he won, like green goblin won at the end of Spider-Man one with, you know, Tobey Maguire and he killed him. Maybe that, maybe it came from a universe where that happened. I don't know. I just didn't think that they would actually do that. But then when you, you know, but when you see the movie, it all makes sense. Um, mainly with Electro, and I'll, I'll get into Electro, um, in a minute, but first, let's talk about, um, the man himself, Dr. Otto Octavius, aka Dr. Octopus, um, or Doc Ock, uh, Alfred Molina, wonderful, um, now, Dr. Octopus is really special to me because Spider-Man two is my favorite. It's my, it, in my opinion, it's the best Spider-Man movie and it's my favorite Spider-Man movie. I, I mean, I, I religiously watched all of the Spider-Man movies, um, growing up. Like the, I watched, you know, all the, the Raimi trilogy. I also, you know, can 
repeatedly watched the Amazing Spider-Man one over and over and over again. Not Spider Amazing Spider-Man two because I never owned a copy of it, so I never was like watching it all the time. But I also do love that movie. That that might be its own episode one day where I just talk about why I love Amazing Spider-Man two. But that that's a that's you know I'm getting off track. That that's just something to consider for the future. Um, but yeah, so Doctor Octopus, I was very, I was I was really hoping they didn't mess up the fact that you know he's not really a villain per se like he's an antagonist but he's not a bad person he's the ai from the tentacles are clouding his judgment and just yeah you know messing with him and it, it makes him making him more aggressive doing things he would never do um you know, at the end of Amazing, also uh, Spider Man Two, um, but the at the end of Spider Man Two, when he sacrifices himself, um, because you know it's the right thing to do, and he doesn't want to die a monster. It's beautiful. It is like it's just it's an it's iconic. It's an iconic scene, and I was just hoping that they didn't take away from that by just making him a bad guy or whatever, and they didn't do that they they stayed true to him as a character in my opinion and they were even more faithful than i thought literally like the second thing he says in the movie is a is a is a direct callback to spider-man 2 where he says to peter uh where's my machine referring to you know the the solar machine that he was you know obsessed with making you know building because it was his life's work. And that's why he initially, you know, it no, and even not even just that, in the fight, the thing that per, like that really makes uh Tom Holland's Peter Parker like just start fighting him was when he says, "I should have killed your girlfriend when I had the chance." Like that is such a direct reference to Spider-Man 2 and that that you know that that where he he kidnaps Mary Jane in the third act that is such a direct reference to it that anybody who's never seen Spider-Man 2 would not understand at all in any way like it like it would fly away over their heads and it was stuff like that that I was just like wow that's it was just great and the tentacles looked exactly like they did and um uh, Spider-Man Two, they they used some of the weapon, like the 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 little spike, the the weird spike dagger thing that came out of one of the tentacles that they had in Sp- uh, in Spider-Man Two when he was holding uh, during the 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 first scene where him and Spider-Man like fight at the bank um, when he's holding Aunt May behind, like he's holding Aunt May out in front of him, and he's using her as bait to stab Spider-Man. He pulls out that. He pulls out that thing and I was like, "Wow." Just like call back after call like it was it was just picking Dr. O- up Dr. Octopus right where he left off in Spider-Man 2 and I loved that. And you know, beyond that, he was um beyond that, he you know, further into the movie, he he gets the 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 inhibitor chip they repair the inhibitor chip, which, by the way, like I said, um, they were way more faithful than I thought they would be. And that was one of the aspects that they were so faithful about, that they used an element from the, from, you know, those past movies. They used those elements and just build upon, they built upon them. And I was very happy with that, like, you know, with the, the inhibitor chip and not just Dr. Octopus, but other other villains, too. Um, yeah, but you know, that's, I'm very happy with Dr. Octopus and how, and you know, at the end when, you know, him and Toby, uh, his, uh, Toby's Peter, uh, when they reunite, it's, it's just, it's just really good to see. And it just, uh, watching it in theaters was great. And, uh, it was, it was awesome. That that whole that whole interaction, just Doctor Octopus in general, 
But uh, okay, let's move on to. Let's I'll actually let me get the the smaller villains out of the way first. So, the lizard and Sandman were definitely they definitely took a backseat in this movie. More so the uh, lizard, which kind of sucks because. In the Amazing Spider-Man, um, they deleted a lot of scenes with, like, with his with uh, uh, Kurt Connors, like just his character in general and his motivations and stuff. They kind of, they cut a lot of scenes that were like went really in depth about him as a person. That that revealed a lot about him as a person. And you know you can watch Amazing Spider-Man one, and you know all you know can you can get that stuff just by you know and uh you know rationalizing or just thinking about it i guess but yeah it it does suck that you didn't get to actually see that in the movie but and you know and, and then in no way home when he shows up um and it is the same version um he looks different and he he's like a redesign he looks different and personally i'm pretty sure that's just because he's half lizard you know <laughs> and i guess he mutated i guess like i don't know he just changed he just looks different. He changed. I don't know. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't like, I wasn't disappointed by the lizard. I was just kind of like, he could have had more. I th- I feel like he could have been a little more prominent, just a little bit. Not that I'm complaining, but I don't know. He was, he was there and you know, he played his part. Um, and as for Sandman, he also is kind of in the same boat as the lizard, you know, being kind of, you know, put in the sidelines. But he did get a little more. He got more stuff than the lizard did. He had, you know, conversations with. Now, I loved this when, you know, they were in Happy's penthouse. Electro and Sandman had a conversation about just, you know, the them like, you know, you know, why they are, you know, the way they are. And they connected about like their sim the similarities between the two. And I loved that two villains from different universes, from two different Spider-Man universes connecting and relating to each other was really cool. That was really great. And, um, I did, I mean, he did mention his daughter. I'm, I know he mentioned his daughter. I, for some reason, I can't, I can't remember exactly when he mentioned his daughter, but he did mention his daughter and I liked that. That was great. Um, and then, you know, that's about it. I was very happy with, oh, oh yeah. Oh, actually one more thing. Uh, when he first shows up in the movie, um, the scene in the trailer that we had discussed where Electro seems to be attacking Spider-Man and then a giant pillar of dirt shoots up and looks like it's block, you know, blocking the electricity from hitting him. That was Sandman. In fact, that's the first time he appears in the movie. Um, that's Sandman and he was saving Peter because he thought that it was his Spider-Man. He, he thought he was, he thought he was his Peter. And... Yeah, and he he helped him, uh, you know, get Electro, uh, you know, uh, just you know, in- incapacitate him, not really incapacitate him, just get him to s- not stop attacking. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Sam and Lizard, they could have had more. They could have had more. I'm not. It was fine. They they had. It was fine. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying it could have been a little more. But it's okay. It's it's okay the way it is. Um. Now, before I move on to the other villains, the other two, um, I will say that. Okay, so at the, at the end of the at the end of the movie, third act, the final battle, when they all get a you know quote unquote cured or whatever, um, and you see the the human, you know that you see Kurt Connors, you know the human form, and it's the same actor from you played him in the Amazing Spider Man, obviously, and. Um, you got uh, the same actor who played Sandman when he, when they made him not sand. 
Um, and the thing is, is that 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 wasn't uh, that wasn't new scene. Like that wasn't new footage that those actors shot. Those were scenes from uh, from the past movies that they reused. And I was actually pretty surprised by how well they made them fit in. Now, it it mean it doesn't really fit it like it doesn't fit in that well for me because I've you know watched those those movies so many times that when I was watching No Way Home and that happened, I was immediately like, okay, that's reused footage. I I know the exact scene that this is from in Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man. I know exactly when this is, and I know this is like I could tell right off the bat it was reused footage. Um, they did alter it a little bit so that it it fit more, you know, it actually fit in. Now, one thing, there's a, there's a little bit, there's a, there's actually, okay, there's one thing about No Way Home that is kind of irritating when you think about it, is that there's a ton of plot holes in the movie when you really think about it. Like, if you really think about it, there's a lot of, like, nitpicky plot holes that ha- that are in the movie, and one of them that I was just I just realized was Sandman in the movie and No Way Home he's only in his human form at the end of the movie when they you know uh, quote unquote you know cure him or whatever but the thing is is that in Spider-Man 3 he could you know revert to looking like a normal human he could make himself look like a normal person. So it's a little weird how the next, you know, when we see him in No Way Home, he's just, you know, literal Sandman. He's, um, he's sand, just, you know, he's, he's just full on made of sand. And um, he needs to be cured in order to look like a, you know, uh, look like his, you know, normal human self. That's a little weird. Uh, but, you know, let's, let's, we can think about that and rationalize it, I guess, for a little bit. Uh, I guess what I'm assuming is what, is what happened. Like, just, this is just me speculating, but maybe, obviously, time, a lot of, uh, obviously, years have got, like, a lot of years have gone by since, Spider-Man, the end of Spider-Man 3 and No Way Home, like, obviously. it's It seems that time has passed in in real time, like, in real time in, in each of these universes compared to our, our, our world, you know, our reality. Um, and uh, I'm assuming, or I'm speculating that Sandman, his condition, his, you know, ability, you know, the fact that he's literally made out of sand... Maybe it, maybe it, his, his, uh, maybe he, over time, he lost the ability to, uh, to, like, you know, man, you know, manifest himself as a, you know, a normal looking human. He lost that ability as he became, maybe he became more and more sand. (laughs) Like, he, he just, Maybe he he just over the years he just couldn't he was unable to do it, and he that I guess that I I'm assuming that's what they were going for. It's not like a huge like I said it's not like a huge plot hole. It's like nitpicky. There's a lot of nitpicky plot holes that only people like me would even think about. But you know it's it's whatever. But uh yeah okay so let's move on to Green Goblin and Electro. Uh, first to start with Electro. Jamie Foxx is great as always. He's awesome. Um, but here's one thing that I saw a lot of people saying that kind of it didn't bug, it didn't irritate me, but it bugged me, I guess. Um, so there were a lot of people uh, <clears throat> right after No Way Home came out. There was a lot of people saying that Electro had a completely different personality than he did in Amazing Spider-Man 2. He wasn't dorky and blah, 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 which I thought was weird because that the, the shift in personality happened in 
the Amazing Spider-Man 2, like the whole point of that was that he went from being this really dorky nobody that nobody cared about, nobody saw, and when they did see him, nobody paid attention to, and when they did pay attention to him, it was just to ridicule him and to spite him. He was just screwed over by all of society, by everybody. And when he got his, you know, when, when he, the accident happened to him and he got his powers and he became pure electricity, um, he got this, you know, this enormous power and it made him, well, for one, being this, you know, powerful being made him, well, it made him be seen. It made him feel powerful. And when that happened, when he got these powers and he became this, you know, fearful figure that people, you know, feared and all this, yeah, (laughs) uh, he became more confident as just as overall as a person, he became more confident and he became, I mean, we see this in the amazing Spider-Man too. We don't really see the confident part of like the confident side of it, but we do see how he just, he becomes this very like he becomes very aggressive and i guess yeah yeah confident but it's like in the sense of being intimidating and being somebody to fear more less so just you know being charming i guess um and here's something that a lot of people were also talking about was that like why does electro like why did in his in his human form why does he look you know like Jamie Foxx like why doesn't he have the why isn't he balding with the comb over why doesn't he have the gap in his teeth blah 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 well i was thinking about that too and then i realized that there's a detail in amazing in the amazing spider-man 2 that answers that question and this was something that i that when i figured it out i was like wow that's cool because it it's like the connective tissue between these two movies, which are in com- two different universes, but it was so cool how it connected in the long run, even though it was a hundred and a hundred percent never planned and never thought of like this, but it, it just, it just happened to work. Um, so in the amazing Spider-Man two, when he becomes electro and he falls into the back to, you know, the tank of eels and the Oscorp, electricity thing that he was in you know in combination with the eels made him you know into what you know into electro they specifically show like while he's being transformed they specifically focus on his on the gap in his teeth healing like healing itself and fusing together back you know into what you know to what's supposed to be you know the erasing the gap in his teeth that detail shows us that when he became when he got these powers and he became pure electricity it like it healed his body it made his body into the peak of what it could be it made him muscular it fixed his hair it fixed his teeth it fixed basically every physical thing about him that you know, like genetically might have been, you know, on the downside or whatever. And then, you know, but we didn't, we didn't get to see that in the amazing Spider-Man two, because in my mind when, you know, cause that in that whole, you know, he's blue, he's, he's pure electricity in that movie. The reason that he's blue and he's pure electricity and blah, blah, blah is because at that, in that movie, he's like unstable. He's like unstable electricity. And we see in no way home when he first shows up, he's in his blue form, not the full on blue form, but he is, he is in his blue form. The reason that he doesn't, he isn't in the, his blue form in no way home. And he becomes in, in this human form is because when he arrives in the Marvel, Marvel cinematic universe in the MCU, and he starts absorbing the, the, the power, um, in the, the power line, he, you know, he makes a point of saying this. He's like, whoa, this power, it feels different. And it's because it's arc reactor, you know, uh, uh, power. It's arc reactor technology. 
my assumption or my theory is that the that arc reactor electricity that power was more stable or more refined than the electricity from his universe so that when he absorbed it it made him it, it put it made him in a much more stable state so that his body was able to actually form into a actual human looking person and that's when we see that his body had healed and now he you know he kind of you know healed over its flaws and he was muscular hair no gap in teeth whatever so yeah i like that um we also got two seconds of electro's theme from the amazing spider-man 2 in no way home it was two seconds which is better than nothing. I I wish it was more, but like I mean, it's better than nothing. I'm just glad we got some of that masterpiece of a theme. Like if you if you've never listened to, if you've never like if you have never taken the time to just listen to Electro's theme, not just like not I don't mean like watch the movie. I mean go to Electro's theme like online and listen to it. It is. A masterpiece by Hans Zimmer. It is beautiful. It's, it is, it perfectly like maps out his whole character arc in the amazing Spider-Man two. And it's, it's just great. And it gives you, it gives me chills every time at certain parts. It's, it's great. Um, Oh, okay. So something that, meant a lot to me that they that they took the time to do with electro was okay so i mentioned okay i i really do like i like the amazing spider-man 2 i really do like that movie i really do it has a lot of flaws but i do i i really do like amazing spider-man 2 i think it's 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 um it's good things outweigh the flaws in my opinion and, but, uh, you know, it's all, like I said, it's not without its flaws, obviously. And one of them for me personally, it's not something that people, most people talk about or even care about, but for me personally, it bugged me that Spider-Man, Peter Parker, you know, and the main villain of that movie, Electro, really didn't have, they, they interacted three times. One once in the beginning of the movie for like a few seconds, and then they had a little fight that wasn't really a fight. It was like a little. It wasn't really much of a fight, and then you know at the end of the movie they actually fought and it was a you know whole big thing, but there there was a in the Amazing Spider-Man two there was like there's this misunderstanding between the two where it's like where Peter wants to help max he always wanted to help max you know electro it's his name uh uh, he always wanted to help him but because of the because of just stupid stuff that happened in that movie that that got in the way of it they he matt you know electro didn't want to he didn't listen and he just wanted to kill spider-man and so you know peter you know he had to do what he had to do and he ended up defeating him and i I, technically i guess killing him I, I don't think that was the intention but yeah um i had always felt that the movie needed i i wanted to see electro and and andrew's spider peter parker to like not make amends because there there was no amends to be made <laughs> but like i wanted them to talk to each other because so much of the problems between those two could have been fixed if they just talked to each other. And in No Way Home, that's exactly what they did. They not only were, you know, were very true to, like, the relationship between those two, like the dynamic where, you know, Andrew was, Andrew's Peter was, you know, called him Sparkles, and yeah, it, 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 uh, it was just very true to you know what the relationship was at its base in the Amazing Spider-Man Two, but then they built upon it. They had 
when when Electra was depowered, he had a conver- you know he had that conversation with Peter, uh, Andrews Peter, Andrew Spider Man, and it was really I just really appreciated that it it really it brought it full circle for me. Uh, it, it it gave me the thing that I was missing, one of the main things I was missing from that movie, and I really appreciated that. Um, okay, so, Green Goblin. Yeah, okay, so, I did not expect them, that this is like the prime example of not expecting them to be as faithful faithful as they as they were going to be so in no way home they just full on lean hard into the whole split personality thing with the green goblin which is absolutely just wonderful that they did and i love it and it was so great and i really thought it was cool but and I don't know if I've even talked about this on here. I don't think I have. And if I have, I don't remember. But there's um, there's an aspect about the Green Goblin in this, you know, Sam Raimi's in Sam Raimi's, you know, uh, Spider-Man universe, Toby's Spider-Man universe. Um, there's an aspect of him that not a lot of people like. It, it's not something people would notice or even really you know think about on the surface because on the surface it just looks like he has a split personality but and i'm I'm not going to go into detail about this because i i don't want to deviate too far from this review but basically what I, i don't think that green goblin actually has a split personality in these movies i think his mind is trying I think Norman Osborne's mind is trying to justify his actions and his feelings of his amplified feelings of hatred and rage and jealousy and just the intoxication of power and all that hubris everything um it's trying to justify all that by saying oh it's just another it's the bad part of me it's the the evil goblin part of me it, and i'm not explaining this well at all i i apologize i know it doesn't that what i just said made no sense but trust me if i i wish i could like i trust me it makes sense it makes sense if i could really go into detail about what i mean but basically i'm not I, i'm not going to go into detail but basically in no way home um if they were just going to do, you know, the split personality thing, I was like, okay, that's fine. I mean, I'm happy they're even acknowledging it, let alone making it like a focal point for that character in the movie. Like, that's like a main thing, his his split personality thing going on. And I was like, you know, very happy with that. But I was very surprised by... A little thing. There were a couple of little, tiny little details in No Way Home. Some of the things that he said, some of the things he did, he was like, some of the things he did in the background and some of the scenes was implying to me like it did in the first Spider-Man movie um, that Norman Osborn and the Green Goblin are not two separate personalities they're the same they're the same person norman osborne is the green goblin the green goblin is norman osborne but it's i I can't explain this well at all but basically i just appreciate that the my perception of the character in that way seemed to be given more credence um, then, you know, uh, you know, then otherwise, and I appreciate that. That was really great. But aside from that, aside from my incoherent ramblings, um, Green Goblin was great. Willem Dafoe, one of the greatest actors, just the dude is a madman. Everyone who's ever worked with him 
they always say that the guy has so much energy that it's scary sometimes. The man refuses to, not to do his own stunts. He 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 requires that he does his own stunts, which is just great. I mean, not 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 you know to go you know not to say anything against people you know actors who don't do their own stunts. I know you can't always do your own stunts. That's why they're you know. Anyway, um, it's just cool that he you know wants to do it. He wants to do everything he, at his age. It's really cool. Um. Willem Dafoe in this, God, he, he had, he has so much fun being Green Goblin. It's great. And he, he went right back into playing Green Goblin like a glove. Like it was great. It was just so good. And also it made his, his motivations in the movie made so much sense. Like, but in, in a, it, it made sense. In the context of the Raimi movies, which was so great because it showed continuity for the character between these two these two universes over you know f- from twenty years ago, and it's just so great because in the first Spider Man movie, initially, you know his you know his antics as Green Goblin were, um, they were about just getting revenge and just being this powerful being, you know, who had all this strength and power and whatever. And then when he meets Spider-Man and Spider-Man, you know, mess, you know, foils his, he doesn't foil his plans. He killed them. But when he interferes with him at the parade, he becomes fast. He becomes enamored basically with Spider-Man because here he sees another person who has all this power at their fingertips, but they're doing it in the opposite way that he is. Because Green Goblin, he's using his power for his selfish needs, and Spider-Man is using it for, you know, to be selfless. And, you know, he tries to say, like, hey, you're an idiot, you need to use these pow- this power that you have for yourself. You need to be looking out for yourself. These people are below you. They're beneath you. You're above them and blah, 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 blah. And he has um, this whole thing. And I'm trying to remember exactly how this happens. Okay, yeah, I remember now. So yeah, he he gives him a choice of like join of you know joining him to like basically just rule the city. <laughs> and obviously, you know, he refuses and it becomes this whole thing. And the the fight between Spider-Man and Green Goblin in that movie is is one of just where Norman has kind of just settled into the idea or you know green goblin has kind of just settled into the fact that these two that that they are two you know there are two sides of the same coin they're one has you know they're both people with immense power at the fingertips but they're using it for the opposite purposes and they're just destined to be enemies and blah 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 but then in no way home it's so fascinating because it's it's a direct con- like it it directly builds on his whole thing with power in the first Spider-Man movie. He sees Tom Holland's Peter Parker, you know, not using, you know, not using his powers for self, you know, he's being selfless. He's trying to help all the villains. He's trying to, you know, cure them and do this and that. And he gets, he gets angry. He's angry by it. It's like, he's personally offended by, by, you know, the way he acts. He's offended that he's not doing this stuff for his own selfish needs. And then he's like, and then he, you know, while watching him, he realizes, hmm, he realizes that Aunt May is like the moral, is like the reason that he has these moral beliefs, like why he believes like, you know, the way he does, or he, you know, he has these principles. 
And that directly builds off of the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire and his Aunt May. Because, you know, he he attacked his Aunt May um, because he knew how much, you know, he meant, you know, he meant to him. And it was just this whole thing where it was just, it was just a it was just a, a direct build up. Uh, it was a direct just addition. It was a direct continuation of his motivations and in no way home it becomes personal like his whole thing in that movie is that he he spoilers again if i don't know why you're still watching if you haven't seen the movie and you care about spoilers but he kills aunt may uh tom holland's aunt may he kills her she dies he kills her because you know like i said he blames her for Peter being, you know, believing the way he does and not using his power selfish, uh, selfishly because he thinks that's, that's stupid. You should do that because if you have this power, you're, you're above everybody else and you need to, you need to use that power to your own neat ends. And he blames Aunt May for it. And then he spends the, that whole rest of the movie is just him. Um, the third act and all that, that's him just like, he doesn't want to be cured of it because that'd be taking away his power and blah, blah, blah. It, it's just, it's just a really great buildup of it. And it's so, it's so well done. It's so, it's so much better done and so respectful to the character that in in ways i never expected that they would do cuz it's an it's an mcu movie i never thought that they would direct like the whole movie is just fan service well not not no it isn't just all fan service i mean the implementation of these characters and the way that they were implemented is just straight up fan service because they are so true to the way that they are in their own movies it's so it's just so good it's so great yeah and okay so, well yeah that's basically all I have to say about that. Um. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. So, hmm, what should I do? Talk about next? I have like two other topics I want to. Well, three, I guess. Uh no, technically two. I'll just go two. Uh two. Um. I guess while we're at it, I'm going to talk about um, Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Actually, nope, I'm not. That's going to be the last thing I talk about. I'm going to talk about the other Spider-Man, Toby and Andrew. So, well, um, we know, yeah, uh, Toby and Andrew are in the movie. Uh, they were in the movie this whole time. Andrew Garfield lied for two years. <laughs> which i mean he had to legally he had to um but yeah they're in the movie we now we know no more sitting in in confusion you know tormented you know torn between are they or are they not in the movie well now we know they are and they did exactly what i wanted them to do I was afraid that they, I wasn't really afraid, but I was kind of worried that they would just be cameos that were like, yeah, we're the spider bros. Woohoo. And then they come in, fight the bad guys, and then they leave. And I was worried about that. But no, they were a crucial emotional um, anchor for Tom Holland's Peter Parker for him to learn you know, to, you know, to, you know, to learn from his trauma and his loss and just become a more well-rounded individual, become a more well-rounded Peter Parker. And it was so beautiful. The, the scene where they are on the rooftop and they're sharing their, they're sharing their trauma, you know, Toby's Peter, the loss of uncle Ben, the, and, you know, Andrew also relates to that, but, you know, he, he talks about Gwen and what that did to him. And I'll, I'll get to that a little more into that later. Um, you know, the loss of Gwen, Gwen, what it did to him and 
how it affected him. And then it was just so good. And then, you know, later, you know, and then later in the movie, obviously we got the spider bros and that was great. But it, they, they, they went out of their way to do, to have a whole scene dedicated to just these three Peter Parker's relating and sharing their trauma and come confiding in one another. And it's, it was so, it, it was so perfect. It was exactly what I wanted. And uh, yeah. And okay. So let, let's get on, let's get to, I guess we'll, I, I'll talk about Andrew first. Um, So interestingly, and this is a little irritating, but I, I guess I can't complain. There are a lot of people like younger, like younger people. Um, I, that makes me sound so old. I'm not old at all. I'm not, <laughs> uh, but, um, a lot of like, I don't know, people who are like 10 and 13 right now, I guess they never really, I, I guess a lot of them never really, they didn't really grow up with, um, Andrew's Spider-Man or because like the mainstream opinion about Andrew's Spider-Man is that he isn't good, which is criminal and just completely disrespectful to Andrew Garfield's portrayal of Peter, which is so unbelievably underrated. But, you know, when No Way Home came out and it seemed like the Internet's reaction was a lot of them realized that, oh, wait a minute, Andrew's Peter Parker is actually really good. And then a petition was started to make The Amazing Spider-Man 3, which I doubt will ever happen, but hey, I doubted the Snyder Cut would ever... I didn't think... No, I didn't think the Snyder Cut would ever be made, but here we are. You know, here... But, you know, but here I am looking at a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray copy of the movie sitting right in front of me while I'm recording this. (laughs) So... You know, crazier things have happened. So maybe we we may get it. We may get Amazing Spider-Man three one day. Who knows? Um, but yeah, a lot of people seem to warm up to Andrew's Peter, which I'm very happy about. But it's also annoying for somebody as somebody who always loved Andrew's portrayal of Peter Parker and appreciated it for what it was. That you see these people who you see a lot of these people who just were talking, just unreasonable trash about his ver- his interpretation of the character and then just do for them to do a complete 180 and change their minds about him completely is just annoying i guess i don't know but i am happy people are appreciating him more that's good um okay so one thing no way home went out of its way to not only address his, uh, Andrew's Peter Parker, like his mental state at the end of the movie, Spider-Man 2 from the loss of Gwen. And he's like his reasoning behind, you know, being, becoming, you know, returning to Spider-Man after grieving her death for, you know, months. They went out of their way to, to build off of it. They met, they went out of their way to, to like, and I know this was mainly because of Andrew, that he he was like they gave him the freedom to to do this where you know he talks about how he tried to to um to to keep being Spider-Man to keep bringing hope to people to keep being selfless and all this and all everything that being Spider-Man entails for Gwen because he knew that she that she would want him to you know uh to 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 endure endure the law and endure her loss and that's what he tried to do and he but you know he says that he you know after a while it just got he got so he got very aggressive he got very dark he he stopped as he says in the movie he stopped pulling his punches i don't think that means he started killing people i think that means he just started like brutalizing people like breaking legs and arms and putting people in the hospital. 
I think that's what he means by that. I think it means that he just started putting pe- putting criminals in the hospital. Like, he just got really brutal and violent. And But I don't think he actually crossed the line to killing. Because I feel like that would be something he would, like, straight up say. <laughs> um, But, yeah, no. And, you know, we see him looking at Tom's Peter and Zendaya's MJ. And he's he's not jealous when he looks at them. He's just... He's he's so happy for them because, you know, he sees Tom's Peter Parker as his younger brother, basically. And he's so happy that that he has found his Gwen, basically, and that he's in that place in his life where he has someone like that. But it also, you know, reminds him of what he lost. And yeah, and it's just it's so heartbreaking. And then. And then when when MJ, when Zendaya's MJ falls and Tom's Peter tries to save her, but Goblin, you know, hits him with the glider right before he could catch her. And then Andrew just, the, the moment where he jumps off and, you know, falls down after her, he's so desperate. Like the look on his face when he jumps off, and they like he cries out no he he is so desperate to catch her in that moment and this is someone he doesn't know like he doesn't know her <laughs> so it's like yeah but he dives down after her and i can't but a lot of people we we all it was actually okay so it's actually really funny because in the trailer for no way home that's the scene the shot of the movie where she where she, MJ's falling and Peter's about to catch her and the trailer ends right there. We all were thinking, hmm, you know what would be really cool? If Andrew's in the movie, it'd be really cool if Andrew caught her as like, as you know, it's kind of like redemption for him for not saving Gwen, not being, you know, failing to save Gwen and whatever and all that. But nobody ever actually, no, I don't think anybody actually legitimately thought it would happen because it was such a, fan service really cool way to like really cool thing to do that usually people you know usually these move you know usually you don't do but they did it and i gotta say i'm i was very surprised that they actually did it and i but i'm very happy i'm very happy with it and yeah it it's just it's just great that they they just they gave andrew's Peter Parker, the respect he deserved, and I'm so happy they did it. And I'm very grateful. Um, but uh Toby's, Toby's the OG, Toby Maguire, Peter, Peter Parker. He just went. I mean, this also goes for Andrew. They just went, they like Willem Dafoe, they both just slipped right back into being Peter Parker after so many years. That it's really just amazing. And, you know, like, it's the same, you know, it's very obvious with Andrew where he just, he just loves being, he loves being Peter Parker. He loves being Spider-Man. And, you know, same with Toby. But it's so cool because when you have these different versions of these characters, Tom, Andrew, and Toby, you see each of them and you see how they're, 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 they're different from each other. They're not the same they're not the same Peter Parker, obviously, but they they have different. They're like they're three different versions. Uh, the the three different takes on the personality of Peter Parker, and it's so awesome to see that, and see them interacting with each other, and it's to see the contrast between the two, but also the similarities, and it's so great. With, you know, seeing all that. And then with uh, Toby. You know, with Toby. Um, Toby Maguire said that in an interview after the fact that he didn't go. They didn't go into a great big detail about what his Peter Parker has been up to. Um, regard, you know, in, in the years since we last saw him in Spider-Man 3. Um, they didn't they didn't want to go into detail about it. And um, I'm pretty sure I know why, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. He is, Tobey Maguire 
is probably going to show up again as Spider-Man and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That is probably going to happen. Which, yes, obviously, that's great. Um, and that's if you if you were wondering why he they didn't they didn't really talk about you know MJ or if they were married. They implied that he was that they were married. Um, or whether they had kids or what, they didn't really go into it. And I, and I think it was because they were saving that for Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, which is being directed by Sam Raimi, which, woo, if, if he's in the movie, if, if, if Toby's Peter, if Toby Spider-Man's in the movie, God, it's going to be great because Sam Raimi's going to give him so much, more, so much attention He's going to give him as much screen time as he possibly can. <laughs> like as, as as much room, he's going to give him as much screen time as, as he has, as, as, as he can. And it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. But in No Way Home, Toby is so, because there, there are these little things with, with Toby's Peter Parker in No Way Home that I really appreciated. Like, um, when they're on the rooftop and they're sharing their trauma and stuff, when Tom's Peter says, you know, that the last thing Aunt May told him was, you know, you know, bas- you know, basically with great power comes great responsibility. It was with great power also comes great responsibility. Or, you know, you know, basically that. The shot of Toby's face when he says that is just, it's so good. It is, it's just, it's a face of pure, raw emotion of hearing those words. And I mean, also for Andrew's Peter too, where he, you know, cause his own, you know, his, yeah, his uncle Ben also said the same thing to him, but it was just like this thing between the three of them. That was this shared thing between all of them. And it was like, it was just this beautiful moment. And then Toby's face when it happened, it was just, it was great. Um, and then there was the other moment when, uh, when at the final battle, when green goblin revealed himself after they had neutralized all the other enemies, the, all the other villains, when green goblin says, can the Spider-Man come out to play, which is a direct callback to the first Spider-Man when he called uh, Peter at the end of the movie at the hospital where Aunt May was and when he picked up the phone he said can Spider-Man come out to play well in No Way Home when he says can the Spider-Man come out to play the f- the, the 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 shot that they go to like the person they show reacting to Green Goblin saying that is Toby because obviously he would rem- he remembers him saying that also this is his Green Goblin this is his Norman Osborn. This is the father of his best friend. Um, and it, you know it's a, it's a big deal for him, for for him to see him again. Um, and then, okay, now I gotta say this. A lot of people were like crying, you know, at different points in this movie. I don't normally cry for like it has to be something really emotional, like really just impactful and beautiful for me to even tear up. I kind of tear. I, okay, so here's the thing. The only part in this in No Way Home that I really got teared up and I was actually like, it was actually a really beautiful moment that I actually, I, it wasn't when Aunt May died. It wasn't when uh, Zendaya or, uh, you know, they forgot, everyone forgot Peter. It wasn't any of that. It was when Tom's Peter was about to kill Green Goblin with, with his, with his glider. He's about to stab him with the glider. And then Toby's Peter catches he grabs the glider before he is able to kill him and he doesn't say anything he just looks at him. he just stares at him and the look of understanding between him between the two of them like the the, the look of empathy that toby had on his face that he had for tom's peter was so beautiful and it was just it was just great it was awesome. It was great. It was so well done. The cinematography was the best out of all of the Spider-Man movies. I was actually very surprised how well it was, how well done it was. But yeah, basically that's it. 
Um, I am very happy. Spider-Man No Way Home is everything I wanted it to be. And it's everything I expected it to be. And even a little more. And I am very excited to see what they do with Tom's Peter. And I can't wait to see what becomes of the future of this character. But yeah. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast. Whether or not that time has been wasted is purely up to you. Remember that new episodes release weekly, every Wednesdays and Saturdays. On Wednesday, I cover a single topic and express my opinions of said topic. And on Saturdays, I provide my opinions and commentary on multiple events that occur during the week. Again, thank you for listening in, and have a wonderful day. Thank you.